are now listening to What's up, War Report family? We are back with another edition of the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report. That's the War Report podcast. I got Brandy Mac. That's Brandy with three E's and a Mac on the end on Twitter. Follow her and Auburn Memes at Auburn Memes on Twitter, guys. How are we doing tonight? It's a great, as always, it's a great night. I'm doing amazing. Uh, well, I think we're all doing amazing because recently we got the news that SUNY Lee is returning for a second year with Auburn Gymnastics. Now, there was a lot of speculation on social media that she was going to start training for the next Olympics. We know that that's a grueling process. Um, there are qualifying events that must be uh, attended, involved in that process, but she's returned for another year. What are, what are our immediate reactions to SUNY deciding to come back for a year, Brandy? My immediate reaction is go ahead and book my ticket to the national championship meet next year. Oh, okay. Um, that's kind of my immediate reaction um, because le- literally right after SUNY said that she was coming back, Darian said that she's coming back for her fifth year too. So yeah, I think we're going to see a pretty similar season, hopefully a little bit better now that they have some postseason experience too. Nice. Listen, memes. A wise man once said, hoes be mad. <laughs> there were a lot mad <laughs> about Sunni's news. Um, now you're really plugged into what's happening on, on social media. Um, you know, what what's the feeling about Sunni returning for another year? Do you do you feel like a lot of people were shocked and surprised by this news? The haters were for sure. Okay. I mean, it, it's definitely we've all heard the phrase tweet through it. I think a lot of the people who were just absolutely devastated by this news and they're, they're the same people that are always, oh, I don't really care. Devastated. They're licking the wounds. They, they were trying to, kind of, I, I think they were trying to tweet it into existence. I think it was like, like there was some tally, some tally, like SUNY is not coming to Auburn next year. It was like, if we can get 10,000 tweets in a week, like she won't come. Gotta be brutal for those people right now. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there was a lot of it. It wasn't, it, it was from a lot of different schools too. I mean, Auburn, Auburn gymnastics, and this is how you know you're doing the right thing, but Auburn gymnastics made a little bit of enemies out there. And there's more rivals coming after every beatdown of those meets that we've been having this year. So <clears throat> they, they've been dishing out a lot of L's. Just add this one, one more, a huge victory for Auburn. And I mean, the recruiting class that Auburn's getting is plus everybody they've got coming back now like there's going to be a lot i mean obviously suny being right up there but there's still gonna be a lot of firepower on this team yeah darian right uh sophia and now suny are going to be on this anchoring the squad next year with whoever whatever talent they have coming in my feeling guys was that people really hated the joy that auburn fans had around olympic sports this spring it just felt like there was a lot of negative reaction to the fact that we weren't letting football season get us down and just reveling in a, in a basketball team that worked their way to number one in the country, you know, a gymnastics squad that made the final four. You had an equestrian squad that made the national championship. Well, we have a baseball team that's top 20 in the country. Uh, tennis is doing great. We're always good at swimming and diving. Women's like, golf women's is golf. in the national championship. Yeah. Like this is how good, is this stretch for everything outside of football? I mean, Auburn spring sports are killing it. Like there's no other word I feel like or phrase to describe it. Like they are 
they're basically putting the pressure on for football. Like, look what all these sports can do. Like, it's your turn in the fall football. Mm -hmm. If memes, if you're SUNY and you're and you're walking around camp, I mean, she is as big a star as you can probably have, right? An Olympic gold medal winner. Uh, you know, she took her squad to the final four. She got how many, how many tens did she get this season in gymnastics? It's not that common. I mean, I'm not a big gymnastics person, but it just felt like she got an abnormal amount of tens this year. Yeah, I mean, as a season ticket holder, as I remind everybody, bought into the brand. <laughs> <clears throat> just, you know, just got to plug myself there. Many, like, enough to where, like, I can't remember them all just from the meets I saw in person. That's, of course, not including everything that was away from Auburn Arena. Mm. So, I mean, it was just loading them up and then on top of that nine seven fives i mean that that might well those might as well be just like halloween candy so it's 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 an awesome thing to see and obviously it, it put him in the top four finish in the nation this year yeah yeah it was great watching them so outside of suny you know what does her return what kind of effect brenda you think her return has on her teammates Right. Like I think it has a massive effect. She's a leader on this team and kind of strange to say that about an individual who's a freshman on a college team. But with what she's done in the Olympics and just how she is in the public and her accomplishments so far, she is a leader on this team. I would say last season, the three leaders were SUNY, Darian and Drew. Drew Watson didn't have any eligibility left. We knew she was leaving. We knew it'd be her last season. Fans were hoping Darian would return because she she really is such a strong anchor on floor, but also on bars too. And so it's it's exciting to see SUNY return. And she is a leader on this team, and so is Darian. And I'm excited to, to kind of see Sophia step into that role next season now that Drew's gone. And I think that Sophia will fill that role as a sophomore. Mm, yeah, it's exciting. I think it's a really exciting prospect to have SUNY coming back. Uh, you know, the team dynamic was something that was new for her because she had described – the Olympic experience as being very singular. You're kind of in a corner on your own. You get your own equipment. And now, you know, uh, you know, you're working with a team. Memes, I guess my question would be, how much credit does the Auburn culture get for SUNY coming back? Well, I mean, I would love to say, and obviously I don't want to speak for her, because, I mean, naturally I'm going to say, like, well, all of it, the culture is what it's, I mean, I mean, it was lost for words. I mean, that's that's how enamored I am and how much I love the Auburn culture. Obviously, look at me on the Internet. I pump gasoline into the whole thing. But uh, just from what she just some of the things she said publicly, and you could just kind of see it on her face when she just is taking pictures with Auburn. It's got to be an exciting thing. She even said how she loved competing in NCAA. Like I said, the home meets her just sitting there getting pictures and signing autographs with people and just immersed in that the arena packed out them dancing they're out there they're just having fun mm. you're getting out there you're doing what you love i mean you look at you look at the girls when they're at the olympics and i mean that is like the literal weight of the world on your shoulders just intensity dialed up to the max and at this level it's like it's still intense it's still competitive but you can tell like it's fun for them so that plus all the fans and just everything that is auburn I would have to say that that had to be a really enticing thing. That's just that anyone would have to consider is like, this is just a really fun, obviously the Olympics is a once in a lifetime deal, but also competing in the NCAA and just getting to do that experience when you're young at one, literally for that level of competition, the most elite level, <clears throat> the elite of the elite. 
is something that she gets to be a part of. And not only that, a premier part of it, that has got to be huge. And to know where they finished in the top four and just knowing like, hey, there's still something left on the table here. Not only they have a young, talented team, they've got some upcoming freshmen coming in this year who are going to be – there's got some – they got some firepower coming in this upcoming recruiting class, some really, really talented uh, uh, gymnasts in there. So it's it's not only – a really good team now very similar to what bruce is doing with basketball it's no rebuild it's reload and they're reloading with even more talent coming in there so that's just going to make it even more competitive and you got to know they're sitting down considering it like hey like not only the folks we have now are still climbing toward their ceiling like we've even got more people coming in here for this so they're gonna they're gonna make a run and i'm sure that as a natural born competitor, she's going to be looking at everybody and say, Hey, like I want to be a part of this too. And I, Hey, me is me is Auburn memes. Me being at those meets cheering them all. Like I want to be a part of it. I want to yeah. see do it. Everything's cool. Yeah. Listen, Brandy, uh, last question on this topic. How, how much do you think coming up short in the final four played in her decision to return? Was there just enough of a bad taste in her mouth to say, Hey, let's run this back one more time. Oh, absolutely. It was that on top of her not getting first overall in the all around. Like she, she wants mm-hmm. that gold in the all around. Like she's sitting there thinking, Hey, I, I've won on the best stage in the Olympics, a gold medal. Why did I not win the all around here? Like, I know that she has to have that competitive bad taste in her mouth. Like she wants to come back. And then she also wants her team to win it too. You can tell she loves Auburn. Like Meme said, you can see it on her face every time that she competes. You even have seen at meets where one of her friends from Dancing with the Stars comes and he wears Auburn gear. I'm talking about Matt James from Aub- The Bachelor. Like Auburn, the Auburn dad. Uh, Auburn dad, yeah. He, he yeah, loves so, Rock. So he, she, he did that at the finals Auburn, And she wants to win at Auburn and she wants to be first. That's who she is and and that's who she wants to be. And and yeah, so I would I would totally agree with that. To touch on one thing that memes talked about, the just the gymnasts coming in. We actually have another gymnast coming in who's a U.S. national team member and a U.S. junior national team member. That's Olivia Greaves. She's out of New York. Um, wow. So that's, yeah, so she's coming in. She's pretty a pretty big deal. Um, and then there's also Hannah Hagel, and she's a three-time U.S. Classic qualifier, um, P&G Championships qualifier in 2017, which is basically – one of the qualifiers that gets you to the Olympics. And we have another gymnast too that's coming in. That's really great. But those two girls, they're expected to be really good and will likely start on events as freshmen. Um, okay, I lied. One more question. Based on all the talent you said is coming in, where do we see this team ranked going into next season? Um, if I had to think about just preseason rankings, I would say probably somewhere in the top eight. Because you still have powerhouses like Oklahoma, who just won the national championship, Utah, and Florida. I mean, those are usually the three powerhouses. UCLA is kind of rebuilding their program with all the drama that's happened with their coach. So I really don't expect them to be a top 10 team next year. Um, And then LSU kind of has lost a lot of gymnasts. They have some good girls coming back too, but that was a surprise at nationals that they got knocked out before um billy eight and so really top eight maybe even top six around around that area Mm. well i know auburn fans will be excited to see what auburn gymnastics does in 2022 um going into 2023 uh but moving on here 
Uh, I know we're going to be excited about basketball as well, too, but not because Julian Phillips is coming to Auburn. Auburn <laughs> whipped our recruiting Julian Phillips. He chose Tennessee over the Tigers. Um, there were some fans that were disappointed. Uh, there were a lot of people who are not that disappointed because they feel like Bruce Pearl still brought in a stellar class. Uh, some people still feel like this team lacks shooting. Uh, but what are our initial feelings, Memes, I'll start with you, about Auburn whiffing on Julian Phillips? It's a tough blow. Uh, and the initial the initial gut feeling was it hurt. You get a little vested in it. You're really picturing how he's going to look in those uh, sick blue uniforms just dunking on fools. But mm. all the same, uh, I hope he watched what happened with Justin Powell. Because it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a brutal ro- road there. But any of these moments, I do feel like I don't know is just what we've learned is don't ever don't ever doubt and trust Bruce. Because every time it feels like we took a step back, he's always bouncing back that with a leap forward. So I mean, Bruce is playing three D chess and everything he does. By no means am I ever going to question or beginning to think what the big picture plan in here here is because he's already way ahead of it i trust him wholeheartedly on that mm. well uh brandy no julian phillips i know that you were you were hoping for this one you were pulling for this uh quite hard it didn't yeah, happen i i i won't lie i tweeted through it whenever he announced his commitment to tennessee i was I was really I was really convinced that he was going to come to Auburn and I was really excited um but I will say you mentioned this earlier we need a shooter at the end of the day like we need somebody who can drain threes and I don't think that we have somebody on that on the team right now that can consistently and efficiently do that and that's what we need so while yes I would have loved Julian to have come to Auburn I think there is kind of a little bit of a shining bright light that's like, hey, if we find a shooter, everything is going to be okay. And I think memes tweeted at an amazing shooter who hopefully um, maybe will come to Auburn. That's uh, Tevin Brown if the NBA uh, draft process doesn't work out. I also wouldn't mind a guy that's in the transfer portal right now too from Chattanooga, Malachi Smith. He's a guard from there. He shoots a little bit better efficiently from three and from the floor. Um, when you compare him to Tevin, I would be absolutely over the moon for either of those players. I think Tevin would be amazing because he's from Alabama, all the stuff on Twitter with him and Murray state. So I, I just want a shooter or I want to burn the scholarship with all the stuff that happened with NCAA and just say, Hey, we can, we can still be successful with the team that we have. I want one of those two things to happen. Um, memes. One of the prevailing storylines around, Julian Phillips' commitment was uh, that he got a more robust offer uh, from a collective at Tennessee in terms of NIL. Now, uh, there's been a lot of misinformation out there about NIL. You know, what what are your feelings on the role that name image likeness played in his commitment to the Volunteers? Well, I've always I've always said that I, I uh, I've never really said many good things about the NCAA in my past and. <laughs> I still won't, but I'll most definitely I've always been a big proponent that they need to have a satellite office in Athens, Georgia. But I at this point, too, I mean, I don't think if, we might need to in the southeast. And I think Knoxville would be a great place for them to maybe put a little a little compliance uh, over there, because 
something a little fishy went on. I mean, this this whole $2 million number that got tossed around, I bet if we looked into it a little bit, we might find a little something that probably would go against compliance that could get them in trouble. Weird to think that Tennessee would be not running the most clean-cut athletics program, which is still a shock to me that they would do something like this. Mm. But I very good friend, Orange and Drew, tweeted a very wonderful tweet. And I think it's worth the, noting that because it, this is very relevant to the whole whole point. So I just want you to remember, let's just pretend this $2 million number is accurate. And I'm just going to read it to you. He said, did some tough math, maybe slightly relevant here. I don't know. Rick Barnes' trop, top draft picks in his seven years at Tennessee – Johnson, Williams, Springer. Isaac Okoro's rookie contract is only about $5 million short of that trio from Tennessee combined. Wow. So between Johnson, Williams, and Springer, that's $12 million, 11.8, 10.4. Total is 34.7. Isaac Okoro, 29.08. Really? Wow. So... It's very. That's a it, rookie deal. I mean, it's that's called that's called the that's called the Bruce Pearl uh, program right okay, there. Okay, all right. So I do love the tweet right here that says, uh, "I really hope Julian Phillips and he did tag Julian Phillips doesn't see this or the winky face." And then Drew said, "Yes, it would be a real shame if he saw how much more money Auburn's draft picks make versus Tennessee's." So that whole math deal of do you take the lump sum for the lottery or do you take the, you know the annuity payments? Well. Obviously, uh, he has not gotten that math lesson yet because nor has he heard a bird in the hand versus two in the bush because it's obvious that the uh, the Bruce Pearl program is a little bit better than the Rick Barnes program. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying uh, we don't even have Jabari's numbers into this yet. But there was a lot of hype around him because what was he? Was he like the 12th or 15th player on the board right now? Yeah, he would have been our second highest rated recruit in history if he had committed. But I just so, meant I mean, like total total rankings, though. I mean, people were talking about him or just I don't know if it was the late season high for the late availability. I just think maybe people kind of I mean, I guess he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But I think he was being just sought out, I guess, because he was there. And maybe people just were thinking he was a little better than he was. 13th. 13th, yeah. That's a lot of money to toss at somebody that's a 13th in their class. And then also, too, and I didn't look into it too, too hard, but it didn't look like Tennessee had a fantastic class coming into this year. So it seemed like they were just really desperate to get anything they could get. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. Yeah, I mean, he elevated their class like like 30 or 40 spots or something crazy like that. It mm-hmm. was they did not have a very good class. Uh, uh, Bruce had a top twenty class, regardless. Yeah, and so, I'm, I'm not saying Rick Barnes is in the is in the hot seat by any stretch of the imagination, but you got to wonder if there's going to be some some kind of a Mark Richt effect there with him because it's just like 
he he just he sort of has those same he's having these same plateaus constantly he's just not really getting past it too often yeah i i feel like it's a slippery slope in college basketball um it's hard it's hard to fire a coach that gets highly rated recruits and wins a decent amount the sec has become a very tough basketball conference but brandy uh you know you know based on the hope that you had for julian phillips coming to auburn uh and then knowing that the G League offered him an $800,000 contract. So he would have made 800000 to go play in the G League, and he ended up signing with Tennessee. The assumption being that he received an offer from, not from the University of Tennessee, but you know from their NIL collectives north of that number. Um, how do, does that mean, you know, what, do you, what, is, what are your feelings about what that means about how Auburn is, because I'm not really hearing anything, any chatter about NIL deals that the recruits that are signing with Auburn are getting. Johan, I haven't heard anything about uh, an NIL deal for him. Same with yeah. I I think Auburn is just keeping things a lot more close to home than a lot of other schools have. Um, I mean, are you hearing anything about Alabama and their recruiting class and what NIL deals that they're getting? No. And I think Auburn is doing the same thing that Alabama is doing and both have top 20 recruiting classes right now. Um, So, you know, schools that I have heard about, whether it's a transfer or current player staying or recruit, Kentucky, Miami, and Tennessee. Those are the three schools that I feel like have gotten a lot of attention from NIL. And that's Miami with Isaiah Wong and his talks of transferring if he doesn't get a certain amount of money. Um, That's Oscar at Kentucky that stayed um, because of some extravagant NIL deal that they offered instead of him going to the NBA and now Julian with Tennessee. So I think there is a select few schools out there that are vocalizing what types of NIL deals that they're receiving. Um, Texas is another good example on football. There's a Texas recruit that, um, and and now player that got an NIL deal with Lamborghini, which was like highly touted on social media. Yeah. So I think Auburn is just keeping things close to home, but that's what Auburn does and has always done when it comes to, I feel like anything. So it's not surprising. I'll just say this. Johan wouldn't be at Auburn if he wasn't getting any NIL deals. He's not True. coming to Auburn unless he's getting any NIL deals. I'll just make that very clear. And he okay. is. So. But, but I feel like he primarily chose Auburn because of the team, the culture, and the development that he's going to receive under this coach. The Absolutely. NIL deal is more of a benefit um, because a kid like Johan, he's going to get an NIL deal wherever he goes. Anywhere he chooses to go to school, he's going to get a deal. Exactly. And so it also, I feel like, has a lot to do with, you know, what are the schools and the businesses that they're working with? What are they telling these recruits? These are high schoolers at the end of the day. And, you know, I don't know their family life. And if they have pants that are going to guide them in the right or wrong direction, I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. But we want players that are going to come to want to play at Auburn, not because of an NIL deal. If If a recruit is coming out of high school in any sport and they're wondering, hey, should I come to Auburn because there's more opportunity for me to get more money through NIL, I don't want them playing for my university then. 
I want somebody that wants to play here because they love Auburn and because they know that our staff in whatever sport it might be can develop them to eventually make more money professionally or so they can pursue their education if they're in a sport that doesn't have a professional sport and then go on and do great things out in the real world too. So like you said, you're totally right. These highly touted recruits, wherever they go, they are going to get NIL deals and they're all going to be in a similar dollar amount range. I don't think that there's anything that makes me think that Julian wouldn't have gotten some kind of extravagant NIL deal if he came to Auburn. But the thing is, you're not hearing that and you're not, that's not being vocalized because that's not what Auburn is going to do. Right. Julian knows what he could have gotten if he went to Auburn. He knows that. Bruce knows that. And everyone related to the businesses and universities know, know what opportunities he had available. So, well, I'll tell you what, that NIL money is nothing compared to an NBA contract. So I hope for his sake that he made the right decision um, based on the uh, information that memes gave us. Right. You know, I yeah. think when you look at, in uh, Auburn draft picks versus Tennessee draft picks, you know, from a few years ago to over the next few years, you're going to see a lot of these guys that Bruce is developing are going to the league. They're going to be highly paid. Um, the NBA has the best contract structure for players of any of the three major sports. They make the most money. Uh, it's insane. The money that goes on. I, I just hope for his sake that, you know, it works out there that he does get the development and, and you know, that it works out for him, you know, next year, except for when he's playing Auburn. So well, he's guaranteed his minutes at Tennessee. You don't you don't toss that kind of money at somebody and not expect to be touching, touching the Correct. court. Oh, well, 30 minutes a game. Yeah, he's a Jabari Smith type in terms so. of the level of importance he is like he's going to play next year. He's going to start next year. Right, and I guess I mean Tennessee definitely had a better spot for him open than necessarily Auburn did, because mm. I mean Auburn's got some guys that can play that can play that three spot, so very likely he would have been the premier guy for it, depending upon how they would have rearranged some of the chess pieces. But there's definitely, and that could have maybe potentially been a factor in his head where it was even just a playing time deal, where it's like, well, I could potentially get more minutes at Tennessee. Cause I mean, I don't, I mean, even Bruce, you know how he likes to do it. He likes to give all his guys some playing time. They're going to win as a team and they want to play deep and Tennessee. It's not necessarily how Rick Barnes likes to do it. Yeah. And listen, if you're thinking that you're only going to go to college and play for a year anyway, and then you're off to the NBA, you're probably going to go to the place where you're going to be the guy because he would have just been a guy on a team here. I think that, and and you know that's kind of a homer take, but honestly, with Johan and Broom coming, I just don't think he would have been a guy on a team with other really good guys. And at Tennessee, he's going to be the guy, the guy, and yeah. he's only going to be there for a year, and then he's going to go on anyway. You know, for our listeners, it's important to note. I've said this before. Um, I'm with you, Brandy. I want players that want to play at Auburn, but primarily players commit to coaches. They should be anyway. Pre-NIL is what they did. Yeah. And then it's a bonus if you actually like the university, but that's why you see when a coach gets fired, so many of these guys decommit from the university when a coach moves before they get there. They're committing to a coach and the vision that that coach had for them. Yeah, and I think a, a great testament to that about players committing to a coach, and this isn't necessarily committing, but um, whenever LSU hired Murray State, 
head basketball coach. Basically, LSU is now Murray State. Like yeah, almost their whole team transferred to LSU, and that's a school that's in deep trouble with the NCAA for their basketball program now for everything that Will Wade did. So for those players to say, hey, we're willing to take a chance, even though this is going on, there's a dark cloud, you know that they're committed to that coach. And so I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree a player should be committing because of, because of a coach. But I yeah. also want them to commit because they love Auburn. But that's, you know, that's just a homer take. If you too. come here, you can't not love it, though. I mean, Exa- I mean, look at Charles Barkley, like, all the time on TNT after NBA games. He still talks about Auburn. So I want, I want more Charles Barkleys to come, basically. <laughs> uh, to close out this segment, a little bit of education for our fans. Um, we have a segment coming with the compliance department uh, at Auburn on NIL. So... Uh, a lot of fans, there was a misconception. I know Justin Hokinson was was reporting that um, there was a robust deal that was offered to Phillips, and he essentially chose, that was the difference in where he decided to go to school. You know, fans need to know that uh, it's not the universities bidding against each other. These are businesses and alumni within those communities that are making deals with players. And if the university is involved in brokering a deal, that is a major, major infraction. The NCAA came out last week and said that collectives are prohibited from contacting uh, recruits or kids in the portal. Uh, our compliance guy is funny. His, his little saying was, if the kid is in play, you must stay away. <laughs> so, um, if you are committed somewhere and if you're playing somewhere, they can't recruit you out of there. And universities are expected if they suspect that a deal was not done on the up and up, they're expected to self-report. If you don't, they're going to hammer you. It's always been that way. So hopefully Auburn keeps their hands clean in the NIL era. We wish Julian Phillips well, but moving on to our last topic, uh, we talk a lot about how spring sports, at Auburn are off the chain right now. That includes Auburn baseball. So the Tigers had a series against the Tide, the Iron Bowl of baseball, and uh, they had a commanding 2-0 lead, so they were going to win the series. Uh, The sweep was going to be the icing on the cake. The game got canceled because of weather. However, uh, and and (laughs) to add insult to injury, canceled with uh the bases loaded and one out and oh man it was it it certainly looked as if they were headed for a legit sweep of the tide guys how good is this baseball team and you know what does this season mean for fans who have wanted auburn baseball to be good for so long well i'm gonna let brandy take that question following (laughs) it much deeper than i do i just want to just for the listeners a little something to consider I just want everybody to think like how much money did Alabama pay God for those lightning strikes? <laughs> because or the devil. <laughs> I mean that that was the only thing. I mean that was that was the only thing getting them out of there from drowning in their own blood. But it would have been absolutely tragic. So I'm, you know, think thankful for that for them. But yeah, just something for everybody to kind of you know just really wrap your brain around because and that's what's awesome is like, hey, if it wasn't for like literal acts of nature. You'd have gotten your ass beat even worse. I mean, I'm I'm all I'm all for uh, I'm all for just the 
the what if and knowing that like that's what they have to crawl away with their tail between their legs yeah i mean a great great day great week i mean it's just how many sports can auburn beat alabama in in 2022 and we just still don't know because it keeps happening so just <laughs> check this one to the list you know do your little crane kick up there and yeah and that's that's really it how like how like how bad did the crane kick jinx Alabama athletics? That's what we're going to be talking about on the New Year's Eve episode. So y'all just circle that in your calendar. And then as for the baseball, I'm going to let Brandy take that, but just had to had to get my had to get mine in there real quick. Brandy, tell us about why Bama fans are in shambles right now over <laughs> over losing this series. Well, one, they hate losing to us, and it keeps happening a lot lately. Mm. Um, mm. And two, for some reason, some of their fans thought that they were going to be good this season and held on to that hope when they swept Ole Miss, which historically Ole Miss does have a really good baseball program. This year, Ole Miss is not good. They were sitting around second to last in the SEC West, and they're usually like first, second, or third. So I think that maybe gave them some false confidence. Um yeah, so this so this baseball team, they are a good team and they have evolved into a good team. They were a decent team at the beginning of the season. Unfortunately, during Tennessee weekend, Hayden Mullins, one of our pitchers, got hurt. Another one of our pitchers um, was also hurt, but Hayden did throw out of the bullpen. So that's a little bit of hope there. Um, we have one of the top hitters in the SEC, Sonny DiShiera. Um, he basically is pitched around and walked or he hits it out of the park. There's very rarely any in-betweens when it comes to Sonny when he when he's at bat. But, you know, this season, we, as of right now, going into this weekend, we were projected to be in number eight national seed, which means that we would host a regional. We need to win two games next weekend at Kentucky um, because we didn't play today. If we would have played, finished the game today um, and won the game, we could have, we could have just scraped by with just one win next weekend but to be a super or to host a regional as a national seed we definitely need to win one game next weekend or two games next weekend um and that also means that we have the possibility of hosting a super regional too so for a national seed which ends at eight we'd be the last national seed and we win our regional we then host the next round which is a super regional mm. auburn hasn't hosted a regional in baseball since 2010 so over a decade now, so that would be amazing. I think that what they've the improvements that they've done at the stadium at the park have been great, and so I think that would be really exciting to see that on a national level too. Um, kind of interesting, the year that we went to the College World Series a few years back in 2019, we didn't host a regional, but we went to the College World Series. This team reminds me a lot of of that team. So. Oh, wow. I think if we host a regional, this will be one of the best things that's happened to Auburn baseball since Casey Mize going number one overall in that college world series. So it'd be a big deal. It's the first time in 12 years hosting a regional. It, it would be awesome. And they just have to finish it off next weekend. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, they've been fun to watch. Um, and, you know, with the advent of the SEC network, we can watch more spring sports than we've ever been able to in the past. You can see almost any Auburn sport on TV if you have that that package and tuning into them I was impressed I I you know the team has kind of a swagger about them like a belief about them that they can win every game you could see it uh, in their body language uh their coach projects that in press conferences it just is 
amazing to watch what these guys are doing this season on the diamond. So, um, you know, being able to host a regional would be a big deal. I think it would be a big deal. And, you know, what, what's your best guess for how far Auburn baseball goes into the postseason? I think that we're definitely going to make a super regional. Okay. Um, I don't want to jinx anything, but I think that there's a strong likelihood, depending on the draw, that we could end up going to Omaha again. And I don't want to give fans false hope or anything like that. But as of projections right now, if we host a super regional, if we if we host a regional, win that, and then host the super regional, and the other host of the regional that would be facing off against us in the super regional, so the top seed in that other um, region, would be Texas A&M. We beat Texas A&M on the road already this season. Okay. So, yeah. So right now, Texas A&M is projected to host as a nine seed. So if they won their region and we ended up winning ours and we play them, I have full confidence that we'll we'll win that series again. Well, for um, our baseball fans that aren't, um, for our Auburn fans that aren't baseball fans, walk us through the path that a team takes through to the College World Series. Yeah, so you have you have regionals, super regionals, and then you also have, and then it just goes to Omaha. So um, that's that's basically how it works. Um, before hosting a regional starts, though, we're gonna have the SEC tournament in Hoover, okay. and that's by seeding. So today, whenever they ended up canceling the game because of the SEC curfew rule, um, they a lot of fans were mad because this this could affect our seeding in the SEC tournament, and obviously we want to play you know, weaker teams because we win more games and we want to earn that. Um, so a lot of fans were upset today when the game got canceled because of that. Um, as long as we don't lose the first game, though, in the SEC tournament, we should be good to go seeding-wise for hosting a regional. So win two games next weekend and don't lose in the first round of the SEC tournament um, the week after that, and we should be good. So I think that regionals start the first weekend in June. Um, and then – the next weekend after would be super regionals. And then after that is Omaha. Mm. You gave us an interesting fact before we started recording tonight about um, what the, the, uh, the line, what the odds were for Auburn to win the college world series. Can you recap that for us again about how that's moved? Yeah. Yeah. So on April 30th of this year, Auburn was 101 to win the college world series. So now 45 days later, Auburn is 40 to one to win the college world series. So the line drastically moved. It was more than cut in half. Um, and that means that we've been improving a lot <laughs> mm. now so, for, um, to give us a little bit of perspective, how many teams are 10 to one or better to win the college world series? You said 10 to one or better. Yeah. 10 to one or better. Yeah. So you have, Tennessee, which is the favorite to win, they're uh -huh. yeah, so they're um, four to one. They're plus four hundred. Wow. And then the next team, which is the second team in the country, Oregon State, they're ten to one. And then you go down to Arkansas, the next one at eleven to one, and then Oklahoma State's eleven to one. Interestingly enough, LSU is fifteen to one. Auburn is ranked higher than LSU, and LSU just got swept at home this weekend by Ole Miss. Wow. Um, so that's really interesting. Vanderbilt is also 15 to one better odds than Auburn and Vanderbilt obviously is historically really great. They do well. They have a lot of postseason experience, a great coach. They're not the same Vanderbilt team that they have been in recent history though. 
Auburn won that series against Vanderbilt. So just to put that into perspective. Um, Brandy, yeah, so- important question. If I were an Alabama fan and I was like, hmm, what, what are Alabama's odds to win the World Series? <laughs> what, what are those looking like? Just That's their odds are – it's a hundred to one. So okay. it was what Auburn was months ago. But so, so basically clarif- anybody outside of like the top twenty-five is all a hundred to one or one fifty to one or two hundred so, to one. So Brandon, like Brandon, help out some of the listeners out there who like aren't aren't good, but you don't mean a lot about gambling or fractions. Is a hundred to one good? That sounds sounds like a high number. <laughs> no, that that means it's like very unlikely for that okay. to happen. Um, so that's probably indicating like Alabama's not very good at baseball and they don't have a good chance of winning anything. No, okay. yeah, that's you're absolutely shit. right. Thank, I, I just thanks for making that like crystal clear. That's what means is very petty wop right now. But yes, uh, I think a hundred to one is 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 they're not good odds. Uh, but yeah. I'll tell you what, based on what you said about the rankings versus the teams that are fifth. 15 to one um i may put a small bet on on auburn at 40 to one that, that, that those are great odds yeah i i totally agree that those are good odds um there's a couple other schools i think that have good odds out there too but for auburn to be 40 to one right now and be a national host with a opportunity to win that and and host a super regional like that's what you want you want home advantage and you know the left field lounge out at the baseball stadium and the plainsman parking deck they get rowdy out there mm. so they know how to be loud they know how to heckle um so yeah i i mean if we host i i will go to the game i'm going to make the trip down from nashville and i'm going to see auburn host a regional for the first time in 12 years mm. Listen, I hope that you get that chance. Guys, I want to thank you for joining me today to talk a little Auburn sports. We will be back next week uh, to see how the season closes for the Tigers uh, and um, talk a little bit more about what's going on. Uh, Auburn still has one scholarship, I believe, in basketball. Yeah. So if we can fill that, uh, it should be uh, great for the Tigers. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining me tonight. As always, we're signing off. War Eagle. There you go. You are now now listening listening to. to